Today's podcast session is supported by Appeal. So if you ask a therapist who's doing clinical work what the bane of their existence is, usually progress notes are in the top one to two. I'm not naming any names, but when I was doing clinical work, I remember I had several colleagues who would get so backed up on clinical notes, so they would end up spending their nights and weekends trying just to catch up. Honestly, who wants to do that? And this is where Appeal comes in. Appeal is AI-powered case notes. Now, I know for many of us, when we hear the word AI, there's like a natural skepticism. And honestly, I had that skepticism as well until I got to meet with the Appeal team and learn about some of the many ways that they are doing this in a way that is HIPAA-compliant and also doesn't sell data to anyone and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about Appeal and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Appeal. And Appeal is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your Appeal plan for the first two months. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are doing awesome, having a fantastic day. So today's podcast session is an absolute delight and a treat. We are joined by Manila Chand. Manila is a licensed marriage and family therapist out in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Manila is also uh, a dear colleague, a dear friend, and Manila and uh, she's also a corporate leadership coach, and Manila's also brain spotting certified, so Manila's doing a ton of different stuff. Oh, and on top of that, Manila also has a divinity degree. And I, you know, I had gotten to know Manila here over the past several years, and in fact, I've actually done brain spotting with Manila because, you know, as we build these businesses, right, so many of our stuff comes up. And I noticed that particularly in the last, especially in the past, like since the pandemic, um, I've had a lot of fear and imposter syndrome and all of these things come up. And I reached out to Manila and we, in 2022, we pretty much did, for the most part, like once a month brain spotting sessions because I needed to uh, just work through a lot of this stuff. And it's something that I'll likely be incorporating here in 2023 as well. And I wanted to have Manila on to talk about something that I know that a lot of us may be struggling with, which is the three biggest roadblocks of going from clinical to online course income. Now, I, I think for many of us, this pandemic has really shifted and shaped how we think about uh, what we are doing as therapists. Um, it's shifted in terms of how we are thinking about the skill set that we have and how we might be able to use it or deploy it in different realms besides uh, the therapy room. But all of that brings a tremendous amount of fear and imposter syndrome and all of these different things, so much to the point where, you know, we run an online course mastermind for therapists. And Manila is actually uh, currently our mindset coach. 
within that mastermind. So we basically have monthly mindset group coaching sessions with Manila because of how important this is. Uh, you know, I, all of us, I think, are many of us, um, I don't want to say all, but I think many of us are wounded healers. And there is nothing like showing up in a different way uh, to bring up all of our stuff. And so today we're just going to have an open and honest conversation. Manila's worked with a lot of therapists, has worked a lot with a lot of online creators, and uh, she's just going to be sharing some of the tips that she's learned and specifically the three roadblocks as clinicians make that transition to online course income. So we'll jump right into it. Here's my conversation with Manila Chand. Hey, it's Melvin. Before we jump into today's podcast session, just wanted to take a moment to say Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to this podcast and taking the time out of your day to listen. You know, when I launched this podcast back in 2015, it was done with a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty, and I just never realized the impact that it would have on so many, and uh, for that, I'm just so humbled and so grateful. If you do find the podcast helpful, if you could do a small favor for me, which is to subscribe to the Selling the Couch podcast, the best way to do that is to go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash listen and subscribe on your favorite channel and on your favorite device. Practically, this allows the podcast to be able to reach more people uh, for us to increase our download numbers, which also helps us to land bigger guests so that we can serve you through these guest interviews. Have a wonderful day, and I hope that you enjoy today's session. Hey, Manila, welcome to Selling the Couch. Oh my God. Hi, Mel. I'm so excited about this because you and I have been talking about it for a while, and here we are. I know. Well, first of all, like apologies all around because I'm like, (laughs) sometimes I think, wow, I've really known somebody for a really long time. Why have they not Uh come on the podcast? So (laughs) I'm glad we have strategically planned this for a long time and and it's happening. So, you know, but before we even jump into the content, which I think is such an important one, right? Because we're talking about this transition from clinical to online course income and the mental stuff that comes, right? I just wanted to tell you, like, on a personal note, I am just so, so, so grateful for you, not just as a friend, uh, but you've been a sounding board for me. You've centered me in many ways. Um, We've done brain spotting together. Um, You've helped me work through a lot of stuff. And it's still a journey that I'm on because, you know, I've got, I mean, you know this, and and I know the listeners know this, you know, I have my own trauma history and a lot of Mm -hmm. my journey from being a psychologist and I had this idea of like these are the things I'm supposed to do as a psychologist and I will tell you building courses and doing podcasting and building mm-hmm. social media platform you know like profiles and building audiences none of that stuff was in the memo when I got licensed you know years <laughs> ago right and uh so I just wanted to say before we even jump in I'm grateful for you and yeah just I love being your friend I really do I really do um, just thought I'd say that. Oh, I, the the feelings are mutual, and we've had a lot of private conversations about this because mm-hmm. I feel like this is something we have both navigated, right? Making the tradition, yeah. the leap from clinical work to coaching, like this, almost like 
seeing our seeing our abilities in different ways. And I actually, for even jumping in, I, there was a something you told me, and I, I never actually told you this, but you told me this like several months ago, especially as I mm-hmm. was debating like, you know, launching our mastermind and all of these things. And you said, Mel, like, think about all of your stuff and all the training you've done. Think of it like a skill set, right? That you can mm-hmm. use in different domains. And mm-hmm. something just clicked for me. And I was wondering if we yeah. could just start there. Like what, when you said that, like, what do you mean? Yeah, I think um, a lot of therapists, you know, and I used to be like this too, before I, I made that leap, right? Is we think about ourselves as therapists and working in mental health. And we think more about our role than we do, you know, about what it is that we do or how it is that we do things. I mean, we spend a lot of time focused on that in school. Right. I don't know if like the way that I was taught was micro skills. Right. And practice, you know, um, doing therapy with one another and practicing those skills and everything. So and then we become therapists and we lose track of of that. Right. So when I talk to people about I'm having trouble transitioning from here to here, I think the leap has to do with generalizing our skills. Right. What exactly is it that we do? Okay, there's this role that we have, but what is it that we actually do in therapy? I mean, we have deep, deep listening skills. We have, you know, conflict resolution, problem solving, curiosity. And that's that's a huge thing as well. We also have um, this these skills around confronting someone gently about whatever their truth is or what you're hearing. We have these skills around changing people's narratives and changing people, you know, the way that they think and how they talk to themselves. And like, we just have all of these, these skills. So I think if you pull yourself out of the role, defining yourself as a role and actually look at what the skills are, then you're able to generalize them to, to other areas. Right. I love. So, um, oh, I love the way yeah. you distinguish that, right? Like role versus skills, right? Mm-hmm. So that sounds amazing, right? In theory, mm-hmm. I know for for I feel like for you it was a little easier. For me, it was like crippling and really, really hard, like anxiety provoking, right? Like, yeah. And even just to give you guys like a inside look at um, what I was going through, you know, I went, you know, through, you know, I did my bachelor's, got into a PhD program, finished up a PhD program, did, you know, internship, mm-hmm. a fellowship. We, you know, we were, I was, you know, I was in Nashville. Um, I actually thought before, you know, I, I was going to end up staying in Nashville, working at Vandy. Like I thought all of these things, right? Like maybe I was teach a class there, do a little private practice on the side, yeah. all these things. And we moved to Philadelphia, right? And I have to like figure all this out. But for me, like, what was so hard was letting go. Like, I felt like, I don't know, there was like shame around it or betrayal. Like I was betraying the profession. I was, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of stuff, right? And how do you make that leap from like seeing it as abstractly I knew or intellectually I knew this is a psychologist, mm-hmm. but there was all of that gunk, right? Right in the middle before mm-hmm. I saw it as a skill set, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really hard because we have, well, 
I had four years, right? Because I did my master's degree and I never did a PhD like you did. So you've got four years of a, you know, undergrad degree and I have a BSc in psychology and then another four years of grad school. And then with a PhD, that's another two to whatever or more years, right? And I think we're kind of programmed. We're programmed to think of ourselves as, you know, as helpers, as people who are supposed to care for, you know, the people that we work with, which is a really big part of what is impactful in therapy is our relationship with people, right? And the quality of the conversations and and all of that. Like we are supposed to be modeling in therapy what relationships and communication is supposed to look like when it's healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So we do all this like personal work and I think it gets us emotionally attached to what it is that we do and it becomes almost a definition of who we are Mm -hmm. because in therapy, we are caring, we are loving, we are non-judgmental, all of those things. And it's... Again, I think we mix up our skills and who we are with the role. So my guess around that is, okay, if I'm leaving therapy, am I leaving all this other stuff in terms of, does that mean that I don't care about people? Does that mean that I don't care about what is going on in the world and healing, you know, healing the world? So I think, you know, when we're talking about changing narratives with our clients, we have our own narrative of what it means to be a therapist and it's all caught up in how we think about ourselves as people and our values and our characteristics and we kind of confuse again the role with what we do with who we are right so i think that's where where some of that guilt you know kind of comes from that we're abandoning kind of who we are and what brought us to the work in the first place yeah uh, what I hear in that is the line between like our own natural personality yeah. traits, right? They naturally mm-hmm. play out in the therapy room, right? And those skills are great. But because of that dynamic, the lines are in so many ways, that role gets even like more firmed up, right? Cemented. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to kind of pull back and sort yeah. of see it. You are our mindset coach in our online course, Mastermind, which we're so grateful for. Everyone loves you. I love it. I love <laughs> that group. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it is a wonderful group. And I yeah. wanted to, you know, I wanted us to talk about this because so many therapists are thinking about like, okay, especially in the midst of this pandemic, right? What is the type of work I want to do? What is the impact I want to leave in the world? Right. And they are starting to ask these questions of like, how can I use my skill set in different ways? Yet to create something like an online course is so overwhelming and intimidating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind of dive into some of the roadblocks that you've seen, right, in working with our colleagues, specifically that transition. Like, what would you say? Like, even like a, a you know, like maybe just let's just start with one, right? What is like a, a common roadblock that you see? If I were to say the biggest one, I think it it has to do with visibility, right? Being seen. <laughs> I think there's so much that that goes on, you know, with mindset. And, you know, so most of it is about ability. Can I do this? Right. Um, and I didn't mean 
any alliteration, like I didn't mean to do that, but it's ability, stability financially, right? And also visibility, right? So those those three things. But I find the visibility piece is the one that tends to come up the most often, right? And it's what if what if I show up and somebody says that I look stupid or this is dumb or you know, being seen is the really, really big piece. Am I going to be seen for who I am? Right. All of my faults, all of my you know, my inexperience, right? Because I think part of what we do as therapists, you know, we have so much training, right? With so much, so much training. And we don't have training with all this online stuff and being entrepreneurs and, you know, other products and services and, and thinking outside of that, right? And that's hard. That's hard to show up when you don't have training in it because you got to figure it out as you as you go and make a lot of mistakes. So people seeing those mistakes and what that means and what we think it means and how it defines us, that can be a huge thing. Plus a lot of us, we do our work behind closed doors. Nobody sees us, right? And because of confidentiality guidelines and our ethics and all that kind of stuff, we can't even talk about our successes publicly, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, if I were to put up a recommendation from a client, all it would look like is quote, ellipse, quote, right? Like mm-hmm. there's like, <laughs> there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing there, right? Because um, we can't talk about what it is that we do. Like we can't even talk about our successes. Like I know there are a lot of therapists who walk out of a really great session and they're kind of like, who do I talk to about this? Yeah, who can I and tell then, this? Because this was yeah, an amazing moment. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't even celebrate it, right? So I think the visibility piece is really, really difficult because as a therapist, we're trained to embrace our shadow, right? And embrace our own not enoughness. And that not enoughness doesn't say anything about us that we are enough, right? That it's just a feeling. But being visible, you open yourself up to a lot of risk, right? You're not in a room with other therapists who know how to treat you gently, mm. right? Who generally mm. don't know how to, you know, know how to treat us gently. But we're in the world. We're outside of outside of our comfort zone. And yeah, there's a, a lot of criticism. There's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of feedback that sounds like criticism and not given very well. So being seen is a big deal. Hi there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. Before we get to the rest of this session, just wanted to let you know that we have a weekly email newsletter. It's called the STC newsletter. I know, super creative, but we've literally been sending it pretty much every week since 2015. It's at this point now trusted by over 2,700 clinicians And each week we share the latest podcast episode, some of the writing that I'm doing on LinkedIn with regard to my journey as a course creator and making this transition from psychologist in clinical practice to online creator and uh, owner of an online business. And we also included a brand new section called On Mel's Mind, where I break down a blog post or a video or something that's inspiring me to become a better 
person and a better business owner. If any of that uh, sounds interesting, I would love to have you sign up. You can sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. We also have a bunch of different guides that we include. Uh, The current one that we have is an A to Z online course guide. So if you sign up through there, you get that guide absolutely free. It basically takes all of the lessons that I've learned as a course creator since 2015 and growing my own online course to over 270 students and over $315,000 in revenue. Just many of the uh, lessons, but more importantly, the epic fails I've learned along the way. Again, it's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter, and we'll get right back to today's session. Yeah, uh, even to like bring this home a little more, you don't know about this, but like I, um, you know, like I wrote, so I've been writing more on LinkedIn, you know, this part, but I wrote yeah. a carousel post on Friday and I've only been on LinkedIn maybe six weeks. Right. And I, and the post yeah. was basically like about how to optimize your LinkedIn profile as a course creator. And mm-hmm. I tell you not like probably about at least nine times I went back and forth about even posting that because I kept having this dialogue of like, Mel, you're like six weeks into this. Somebody is going to yeah. like criticize you. Somebody that's like a LinkedIn expert or a LinkedIn coach is going to come and find this thing. And they're going to be like, what are you doing? All right. Like, this is all wrong. <laughs> so, uh-huh. and yeah. It's so real, you know, like it's still, I don't know, like, I, again, I have not figured it out like fully. Right. I don't know that any of us ever do. Right. Like, um, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of this for me has been like feeling that and feeling into it. But it's like, I think you and I had this image, like one time we were talking, it's not, it's like that the waves, the up and down waves don't, it's not that they go away. It's that over time, you just kind of learn to ride them a little Mm -hmm. bit better, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I usually describe it as when you're initially doing this work, Mm -hmm. right? Initially kind of bumping up against your own, insecurities and places where you need to heal and all of that right it looks like more like a jagged like Mm. terrain Mm. right and then it kind of smooths itself out like this and then you get really good at addressing the stuff that comes up and it looks more like a gentle Mm. kind of you know kind of wave so it, it it doesn't feel as as jagged so yeah yeah, yeah, you learn to ride it. Yeah, I like I like how you say that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like so many therapists are naturally probably lean introversion, right? And I think mm-hmm. this is another interesting aspect mm-hmm. of it too, because visibility means you're more public, right? And yeah. you have to interact more. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. like and truthfully, I <laughs> think you know this, like. I, I when I first got on LinkedIn, there was like I was listening to these experts, and they were like, "Yeah, get on there for like an hour and just comment on it." You know, all these accounts. I did that, and then I yeah. came outside the old office. Susan looked at me. She's like, "What happened to you?" I was like, "I was on LinkedIn <laughs> for an hour. I'm so drained. I don't want to talk to anybody." <laughs> yeah, showing up is hard for is, introverts, right? It's super yeah. hard. It's super yeah. hard, and uh, it's like. I don't know. I mean, it's like, right, visibility is part of it. But, but part of it also is because we're told these things, we 
told like we're supposed to do it a certain way and we don't have any sort of mm-hmm. a barometer of how we're supposed to do it. So we yeah. think we're supposed to do it in a certain yeah. way. And I think one of the things I'm learning is like visibility looks different for everybody. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, and mm-hmm. it really depends on seasons of life too. And I mean, what do you think about that? Like that? Well, when we're, when we're talking about visibility, the thing that comes up for me is when I first landed in Pennsylvania, I had to do like a lot of networking because I had no contacts here, right? Like I don't even have professors to fall back on in the area to kind of guide what I was doing. I, I did, I, I was pretty much parachuted into the country with no contacts, So I had to do a lot of networking and showing up and being a massive introvert, like walking into a room full of strangers is not my idea of a party, right? And I was thinking about it one day and, you know, something clicked and I said to myself, no, you know what? I'm a therapist. I know how to do this. Networking is nothing more than having a great conversation right? Mm-hmm. Showing up, building trust quickly, building safety quickly. It's basically what we do mm-hmm. in therapy, curiosity, asking, hey, what's what's up with that? And what are you doing with this? And so I had to learn not to ask as many personal questions <laughs> as, as I do in therapy, but show up again with your skills, being confident in your skills. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about this earlier today too, like I have my best thoughts in the shower or while I'm working out. Right. And I was thinking like, what is it? What is it that stops therapists from showing up? And one of the big things that generally comes up when we talk about this is trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Our own personal trauma. It's also our trauma with our own personal mental health issues. Right. And you know, because if you have anxiety, you have a hard time showing up, yeah. Yeah. right? Like if you have depression, you have a hard time showing up. Yeah. And all of those times when we don't show up, we tend to get into this, I didn't show up. I failed myself because I said I would do this, but I didn't, right? And that's a certain level of trauma when we bump up against ourselves and we don't meet our own commitments to ourselves, yeah. right? Hi there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. Before we get to the rest of this session, just wanted to let you know that we have a weekly email newsletter. It's called the STC newsletter. I know, super creative, but we've literally been sending it pretty much every week since 2015. It's at this point now trusted by over 2,700 clinicians. And each week we share the latest podcast episode, some of the writing that I'm uh, doing on LinkedIn with regard to my journey as a course creator and making this transition from psychologist in clinical practice to online creator and uh, owner of an online business. And we also included a brand new section called On Mel's Mind, where I break down a blog post or a video or something that's inspiring me to become a better person and a better business owner. If any of that uh, sounds interesting, I would love to have you sign up. You can sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. We also have a bunch of different guides that we include. Uh, the current one that we have is an A to Z online course guide. So if you sign up through there, you get that guide absolutely free. 
It basically takes all of the lessons that I've learned as a course creator since 2015 and um, growing my own online course to over 270 students and over $315,000 in revenue. Just many of the uh, lessons, but more importantly, the epic fails I've learned along the way. Again, it's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter, and we'll get right back to today's session. And the next thing I'm going to say, I think is a, a little bit more controversial, but I do think that we're traumatized in our programs. Right? Mm, what do you mean? Because we're, well, we're told so often, and we get this every year, that there's always this threat. You don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do this, or you will be reprimanded and the risk is that you will lose your license. Right? So all of There's this time, so, this, yeah. these classes, this, like, getting yeah. this license, all these hours you're putting in, mm-hmm. like, you better like stay in yeah. certain parameters. Yeah, you got to stay in this very narrow little, you know, tiny little box that has been built for us. And the emphasis is on what we can't do. And that was another insight that I had before I moved my work out of therapy was okay, I can't do things. And it came from like the dieting world. You know how in the dieting world, they say, you don't eat cake, you don't eat carbs, you don't eat this, you don't have sugar, right? And I was thinking about that and I thought, yeah, but why is nobody talking about what I can't eat, Mm -hmm. right? As a therapist, we're just so bombarded with, you don't do that, That's, that's not ethical, that's, you know, the space is sacred. And like you hear all of these things, and we are not taught, however, what can we do? And when you think about what we can do, there's a whole heck of a lot more that we can do than what we can't. Right? Yeah. So I think that can be traumatizing too. It's kind of like the angry parent standing over you ready to you know, hit you over the head with a stick if you do something wrong. And that's, you know, I, th- I think that's very traumatic for a lot of us. I'm glad you said this because... I mean, you know this part of it too. You know, I knew where selling the couch was going, right? Like I knew my passion was not in private practice building because I Mm -hmm. I just, that's not even something I've like, I would say like done for a long time, right? Where I could even teach it, right? Like I knew my, my passion was like going from clinical to online income. But, you know, part of our work in brain spotting was feeling like, I mean, there was, you know, this part too. There was somebody that I deeply respected, right? That was Mm -hmm. like a previous podcast guest. And their voice kept being in my head about like that I got to stay in my lane, right? And I mean, this has been like a four plus year journey finally to start to own like this is my space, right? And But this is the real manifestation of this, not just in like, I think sometime in grad school programs, but also the a proverbial like ethics police therapist you know mm-hmm. right that sort of shames like belittles that sort of and i think of course there are moments and it is really important right that we hold ourselves to a certain standard but mm-hmm. i think there's a balance between that and not like shaming people and not like seeing their giftings and letting that shine and not mm-hmm. letting your own stuff, right? Like your own unmet dreams hinder other people as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, 
there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of socialization that happens, yeah. you know, in the therapy world and just this constant who's going to catch me doing something bad, you know, especially when you're moving into areas that you're not really sure where you're skilled or you're trying something or experimenting with something. It can be that much more difficult if you're worried about who's going to jump down your throat and yeah. say, oh, bad, yeah. bad, bad. Yeah. Right? So. Um, I was, you know, trained in uh, one of my practices was like very heavy, heavily on narrative therapy. And so I almost see this as like the fear monster, right? Like, so when this fear monster showed up for you, right? Like, this is who I am as a therapist this is what I'm supposed to do versus this is what I'm meant to do when that fear monster showed up. How did you handle it? Oh, um, I guess I, I've never been asked that question before. That's really interesting. I think what was helpful was that I work in the corporate space, right? Um, so I work with leaders and I, I think the thing that was helpful was that I had worked in that area before I became a therapist. So the last position that I was in before I entered therapy was I was in a leadership development consulting firm. So a lot of trainings and, you know, assessments and, and coaching and all that kind of stuff. So I had already been in that space. So it was something that was, that was familiar so I think if I was going to encourage someone to move from one place to another, create a bridge, right? Create a bridge of some sort that feels comfortable for you. So, I mean, one of the other things that I did was I started reading business magazines all the time, like just all the time, business books, what was great out there, what was, what were people reading, what were my clients reading, you know, um, with respect to development and, and all of that. And what I did, and when I say create a bridge, what I mean by that is what you're reading, try and connect it back to what you do, right? So for example, when I started doing this work, everybody was talking about um, emotional intelligence, like that was a big sexy thing in in the corporate world, right? And when I was reading this, I was like, wait a second, I've been doing this thing in therapy for years. Like this is like anger management, emotional management. It's about good communication, relationships, all of that kind of stuff, right? And I did more research into emotional intelligence. And Goldman was brilliant what he did was he took the research right and nobody had bridged it to a practical place but he created a bridge right mm -hmm. so i think if you're moving into a different space find a way to connect what it is that you do what your interests are with what is happening in that in that mm -hmm. world right and kind of you know create a connection find a connection between those two things. Like, for example, online courses, the bridge there is what are the things that I repeatedly teach my clients? Mm. Right? Can I do that more effectively with an online course and teach all of that stuff? Right? So it's this creating a bridge between what it is that you know and where it is that you want to be. Because yeah. there's so much overlap, there's so much connection there. Yeah, it requires a different mindset, you know, like our mutual friend, Kevin, 
I would say at this point. (laughs) So um, we were talking about this over the weekend, which is like this shift from like how most therapists are, are wired, which is technicians, right, to more of a CEO role, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of this transition, right? Like being able to step back and say, okay, I seem to be doing these repetitive tasks. And instead of me just continuing to do them for years and years and years, what's mm-hmm. another way I can do this in a way that provides this knowledge, but doesn't come at the expense of my time? You know, mm-hmm. um, these mm-hmm. are like, yeah, it's just such interesting little, little shifts. Um, our time has so I wanted to ask oh maybe like a little little nuance here. So being that bridge, so maybe we can just kind of brainstorm. What are some maybe other sort of examples? So it sounds like maybe starting to read books, maybe coffee dates with people that are doing what we might want to do or like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's the networking thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I personally stayed away from, you know, those hit and run kind of networking things where you meet someone, you trade a business card and then you're off, right? Find somebody who's doing something interesting and actually have more intimate conversations with them, you know, like sit and talk to them about how did, how did you get here? How did you, you know, um, what were some of the things that you needed to overcome? I think one of the other things that I did was I went to the podcast, right? And I just did, I put in a search term for therapists who are in business, right? Or who have other programs or who are doing other other things, right? Like I remember uh, Pat, Pat, what's his last name? Smart Pat Online Flynn. Yes, oh. Pat Flynn, right? Yeah. So I went to his podcast and I looked up like therapists, right? Mm. And he has talked to therapists who are authors, who are, you know, releasing products and services and all this kind of stuff, or he's answering questions and learn from learn by eavesdropping on other people's conversations right and picking up tips and all of that i think the other thing would be to pay attention to um individuals who are doing well in your space but were therapists like for example melody wilding would probably be a great person to follow simply because she's doing a lot of business coaching and one-on-one coaching for sensitive, I think she calls it sensitive strivers, right? So I remember going to her website and kind of saying, let me see how she did did this and how she structured this and what's the language that she uses and all of that. And that would be another thing that I would like recommend is simplifying our language, right? Because we use a lot of industry specific jargon. Well, what does that sound like? Yeah, yeah, the psychobabble, right? So if I were to explain it to, and I always thought about it this way, if I was if I was to explain it to my 16-year-old, my teenager, in very, very simple terms, what it is that, you know, a particular theory or skill means, how would I describe it, right? So getting rid of the psychobabble and talking like a normal human being can be, can help with that transition too. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a it's a great point. Um, yeah. man, I feel like we can probably talk about this. Probably there's going to be a, probably a part two at some point on this. <laughs> Neela, I am just again just so grateful for you, grateful for our friendship, and uh, just the ways that you've not just helped me, but our mastermind colleagues. Um, as I said at the beginning, like you get so many like notes, like oh my gosh, like, what Neela said, like 
just like unlock something for me and uh you know you're you have such a gift and uh yeah we are on behalf of everyone we're just so grateful for you thank you and just so that you know right I've been following you for a long time, even before you and I became friends. And you were one of those people that what I just talked about, you know, building that bridge, right? I was like, let's see what Mel's up to and what he's doing and, you know, where he's headed with this psychology thing. So, yeah. Oh, thanks for saying that. It was definitely <laughs> like a crash test on me. When it comes I know. To I so, know. I, I totally get that. Um, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so for welcome. having me on. You're so welcome. Um where can folks connect with you and learn about the awesome work that you're doing? And definitely tell us about the work you're doing. Oh, okay. Uh, probably the best place to find me would be on LinkedIn. That is the only place online right now where I'm actually quite active. Um, so it's just Manila Chan. And the other place would be email me. I am totally okay with you. Email me about questions and you know private messaging me on Facebook if you are you know, one of my friends on my, um, on my Facebook page. So my email address is manila at manilachan.com. So that's M-I-N-E-E-L-A at M-I-N-E-E-L-A-C-H-A-N-D.com. And I'm totally open to lots of coffee and chatting and all of that. So the reason that I'm on LinkedIn is because that's where most of my corporate work comes from. So um, what I actually do is I work with um, high-performance teams. So I'm not so much interested in what it is that they do, right? But I'm more concerned about who it is that they are and how they show up at work and in their relationships and how they lead other people. So it's more about the person of the leader as opposed to KPIs and strategic plans. Like that is not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is who are you and who do you want to be and who do you want to be as a leader, right? In your relationships and your conversations, all of that kind of stuff. So I do individual coaching, group coaching, and do um, a lot of corporate training. So, awesome. yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we're doing it right. Like doing, taking these skills that we learned and deploying them and i think in many ways becoming i think the like who we're meant to be and how we're meant to serve and, and mm-hmm. creating legacies and all of that stuff right because ultimately like i feel like that's the stuff that that matters right so yeah um, yeah thank you yeah. thank you for being here and i'm so appreciative of you thank you for having me let's bye. do it again yeah for sure <laughs> bye bye Hey there, I hope that you enjoyed today's session. Uh, Thank you again for taking the time to listen all the way through. If you are a therapist and you're specifically in a season where you're a seasoned therapist and you are wanting to move from clinical to online course income, we actually have a specific mastermind for therapists who are doing this. So this is basically a group of really kind and supportive therapists who are also wildly successful as business owners. And we we meet together Uh, to build and grow and scale our online courses. You can learn more about that mastermind over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind, all one word, sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's session. 
Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Minila, and especially if you are in a season where you are thinking about creating an online course or even just expanding uh, what you want to do in the world and what you want to share in the world uh, beyond just therapists um, and beyond just therapy. Um, I hope that today's podcast session has just been really helpful for you and uh, just gives you new permission on, you know, different different aspects and just just how you're thinking about um, what you can do. The best way to, again, connect with Minila is through LinkedIn, uh, and I will include that here in the show notes. I was thinking about this conversation and just one of the things that, you know, some of the things that I was resonating, and one thing I just kept thinking uh, and resonating with was just how hard, you know, like this transition is going from clinician to like online course creator. This is a path that I've been on since 2015. It is wonderful and worthwhile because I feel like I'm living out what I'm meant to in the world. And yet it is so hard because it is in this weird way, like right on, on the surface, it looks like there's like all this, you know, financial success and impact and all of these things, which I'm just so grateful for. And yet at the same time, it has been ridiculously hard. You know, I have, you know, uh, my own childhood trauma and um, it significantly impacted how I see myself and it impacted everything from how I was pricing the Healthcasters course to how I was marketing it. And it just... I realized that it wasn't my creative ideas that were going to stop selling the couch from growing to the level um, and to the vision that I wanted. It was actually what was happening in my mind about and the conversations that I was having with myself. So I hope that you take some good stuff away. And again, definitely reach out and connect with Manila on LinkedIn. And definitely, uh, if you're looking for brain spotting, uh, just to work through things, uh, definitely reach out to Manila. Um, it's someone that, you know, I, I wholeheartedly trust Manila. So, uh, and uh, if you're interested in in being part of our online course mastermind and, and getting regular uh, gatherings with Manila, uh, definitely check out sellingthecouch.com forward slash mastermind. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.